today on the Beginner Photography Podcast. So yeah, it's just devouring all the all the knowledge I can lay my eyes on, basically. Because I think it's important that, you know, especially at weddings where you're photographing portraits, you're photographing architecture, you're photographing different light from bright, full midday sun through to absolutely no light whatsoever at the end of the day. So you need you need to be prepared. You need to walk to a wedding and look at the light and go, okay, I know I'm going to get a great photo now. And not stand there and go, like I did when I started, and go, oh, my God, where's the sun gone? You know, like, <laughs> what's happening? Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast with Raymond Hatfield, the podcast dedicated to interviewing world-class photographers to ask them the questions you want answered. Whether you want to be the world's best wedding photographer, family photographer, pet photographer, or you just want to take better photos of your kids growing up, we will get you to start taking better photos today. Here with you as always, husband, father, home brewer, LA Dodger fan, and award-winning Indianapolis wedding photographer, Raymond Hatfield. Hey guys, Raymond here from the Beginner Photography Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. We got a massive episode that I'm super excited to share with you guys. Um, but first, let me tell you a little bit about my week. So remember, was it a few weeks ago, uh, we had Matt Druin on the podcast and Matt was talking about workflows and setting up systems in place to, you know, just kind of deliver a consistent client experience. So this whole past week, that is exactly what I've been trying to do. I've just been re I've been going through all of my past workflows to to optimize them, right? So, um, for those of you who don't know, I guess what a workflow is, it's it's kind of it's kind of like a like a digital check sheet, right? So it's like, okay, when a couple emails you, what, or when somebody emails you, what do you do? You send them an email saying, hey, I would be glad to you know talk to you or photograph you. Here's some more information, and then after that. You respond with, here's my quote, and then you, you know, check that off the list. After they accept it, then you send them a contract, then you send them an invoice, and then you, you know, confirm the location. So it's like all these things, right? Something that, everything that needs to be done to complete a, um, a photo session. So that is what I have been going through this whole week. And, oh man, the last time I created workflows was, was over... It was probably almost two years ago, right? And a lot of things have changed since I created those workflows. Now I've written a ton more blogs that are very helpful for brides in the, in the hopes to attract new brides. Um, so I, I thought about it and I was like, well, you know, there, there's a long period of time between when I book a couple and their actual wedding date. What can I do um, to make them uh, more excited for their wedding, to let them know that I'm, you know, obviously still um, looking forward to it and that I'm going to be there and, and to build more trust, right? Because trust is very important. When a couple trusts you or when anybody trusts you, they're going to feel more comfortable around you and that's going to show through in the photos. So uh, how can I build more trust? Well, I have a ton of blog posts that I've written in the past two years that I can send out to my couple. So now I've went through all my blogs and decided, okay, so once a month, I'm going to send them a new blog post and it's going to help them in their process. No matter if it's, um, you know, five tips that I've learned from past brides uh, to have a more stress-free wedding day or a blog about deciding on whether or not you should have a first look um, or, or even just sending them an email to say, hey, you're doing fine, I promise you, right? Because I noticed that, uh, you know, at about three months before the wedding, I always get this email from bride saying, I'm freaking out. I don't know what's going on. What am I doing? I've never done this before. I need help. Um, so the email is literally just, you know, hey, you're doing fine. Everything's going to be okay. Um, and just, again, trying to build that trust and trying to make it a more enjoyable experience to work with me. Uh, and and I think that it's, it's, it's really important to do that because once a couple or anybody has a good experience with you, they are going to be more willing to share your name and your services with all of their friends who are either getting engaged or other families who need photos or anything like that. So I would just say that, you know, you can do this. You can do this yourself with just simple email templates. You can just make a, a Word document on your computer of all of these emails, right? From the first inquiry to, yes, I'm available, all the way, you know, to, hey, it's time to start setting up your engagement photos or, hey, here is 
is how, you know, you can control your kids on, um, you know, your family session or kids are crazy. Who knows? You know, anything that is going to help them have a more enjoyable experience. And then when it comes time to send out that email, then all that you got to do is just copy it from that Word document and paste it right under the email and send it. It's going to save you a ton of time. So think about your customer or your client in mind when you're writing out these emails. Think about those pain points that they're going to have so that you can intersect them before they get all worried and freaked out and like cancel everything on you. So that is that is what I've been doing this past week. And it is... It's taken up a ton of time, but it's really going to pay off, I promise. And now I want to get into my favorite new kind of segment of the podcast is where I'm featuring all of your iTunes reviews. So if you leave me an iTunes review, then I am going to tell the world about it. You took the time to let everybody know how much you enjoy the podcast. So I'm going to let everybody know a little bit more about you and just thank you so much for the support. So today's iTunes review comes from Linda Baca Photography. I hope that I'm really saying, I really hope that I'm saying that right. She says, I've been in business for a few years now, but about a year ago, I redirected my photography business. I'm now venturing into documentary family and wedding photography. One year ago, I switched over to the Fuji system as well. I recently sold my Fuji X-T1 and using my Canon 5D Mark III, but I'm looking for the X-T2. Fantastic camera and a fantastic choice to switch to Fuji, I might add. As long as it's for you. Again, as long as it's for you. Uh, It is such a great system and it is so much lighter. I feel kind of like a beginner again because of all the rebranding to my business. Thank you so much for all of this great information. Man, here's why that's such a great review because Linda has been in business. Like she, she's doing this, right? Like this is what she does. And yet she's listening to the beginner photography podcast and she's still getting value out of it. And what I hope that that says is that no matter what your skill level, you're going to find some sort of value. It says that I'm not just trying to teach you about like buy Canon or buy Fuji or buy Nikon because that is what matters. It's saying that like I'm having the people on this podcast who are telling stories about how they made it to where they are in hopes that you get something out of that. And it's not really so much about who you are and where you are in your photography journey because like Linda's been she's been in business for a few years now and she just decided to redo everything. And she's finding help from the Beginner Photography Podcast. So, Linda, rock on. Thank you again so much for the shout-out. All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and get into this episode today with a photographer from the UK. He talks a lot about his beginnings in photography, how he got into it, and how to transition into growing it into you know something larger than just a hobby. I think that you guys are going to get a lot of great information out of this one. So we're going to go ahead and get into today's episode with Dan Biggins. Here we go. When I do research on my guests, my first stop is the About Me page on their website. And today's guest, who is a wedding photographer, is full of personality, focusing on his interests about how much he loves his guitar, great coffee, and delicious cake, with absolutely no mention of a camera. Today, we're talking to Dan Biggins. Dan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Raymond. Thanks for inviting me. Very excited. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. So my first question is, uh, I think it's naturally the first question after reading your About Me page and seeing no mention Mm -hmm. of a camera, is uh, what's your favorite kind of cake? Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Oh my word, it's a minefield. There are so many. I have to say carrot cake. Carrot cake? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, that's a staple, but I don't think a lot of people say that. But it's a really good cake. Yeah, absolutely. You can't beat a good carrot cake. I mean, if anyone puts a plate of cake in front of me, I'll eat it. 
Oh, whatever course. it is. But but yeah, exactly. But Kara, I have to go with yeah, definitely. You know, you don't see a lot of carrot cakes at weddings, do you? Or do you? In uh, obviously, for the listeners, you are. Well, let's take a step back. Let's mention <laughs> where you're located, and uh, <laughs> let, let's do that first. Sure, I'm in a small town called Bexley Heath in Kent, uh, just outside of London. It's kind of southeast of London. I used to live in London for many years, but it got a little bit crazy and busy and expensive as well. So my wife and I moved a little bit out, could afford to buy a house, and yeah, here we are. All right, so would you say that carrot cakes are, are pretty uh, commonplace at weddings in, in, uh, in London? No. <laughs> that is in so unfortunate. Exactly. It's, it's, it, a lot of these naked cakes are coming up now, sort of chocolate and vanilla and raspberry, the odd fruit cake, the good old classic fruit cake. So, so yeah, not a lot of carrot cakes. So maybe I'll try and set up a movement to get more right. carrot cakes into weddings. <laughs> so, yeah. I am 100% behind you on that movement. <laughs> Excellent. Good man. <laughs> so um, there is a tend when uh, it comes to with uh, photographers talking on their About Me page. You know, they, they all pretty much sound the same, right? It's yeah. all how long I've had a camera in my hand, uh, how much I love to capture these special memories. So what was yeah. it behind you not even mentioning a camera on your About Me page, which I love, by the way? It was, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was pretty much for that reason, really. I mean, I read when I was kind of writing the page, I did a little bit of research and I, I noticed that a lot of photographers kind of say, yeah, I love taking amazing images. And I thought, well, I hope so. I hope you do. Cause you know, I'm not going to put, I really hate taking beautiful photographs. I thought, well, that's kind of a prerequisite for taking, for being a photographer, you know? So that was kind of one reason. And another reason is kind of to filter people out because for example, I met a couple last weekend who read that page and they actually gave me a bit of cake as I walked through the door. So we've got some cake for you. Here we go. And it, it, I knew instantly that it was going to be a great match, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping in a way that some people read that page and go, oh, he sounds a bit, oh, he's not for me, because then I'll know that those aren't the kind of people I want to work with. I'm sure they're absolutely lovely people, but, you know, I'm going to spend eight, ten hours on the day with them. So I want to click with them. I want to make sure we get on. So Absolutely. if they read that page and go, oh, we like the sound of that guy, Let's we'll invite him over and we'll have a chat about the wedding. And I know then that the, the page has kind of fulfilled its purpose in a way. Yeah, and any time you walk into a room and you're first handed cake, you know it's going to be a great day, right? <laughs> it's it's. I, I was going to move in at that point as well. <laughs> They've got two cats who climbed below me. It's like, this is great. Where's my room? You know, that's it. I'm staying. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, so let's take a step back even further. Is uh, how yeah. did you? Why don't you let the listeners know how you got into photography um, and and when it all started for you? Sure. I mean. I've always sort of had an interest in in looking at photography, but not a kind of enjoying it, but not really knowing what I was looking at. So, but it was about, it was just over 10 years ago. Uh, my ex was a very keen photographer and a very good friend of mine is kind of a part-time motorsport photographer. He does it on a casual basis. He's got the longest lens you've ever seen in his life. I was quite, I was quite envious. I have to say it was a bit of lens envy going on there, but, um, <laughs> Um, so I went on eBay and just picked up, I think it was a 300D, a Canon. I, I bid for a 300D, but they sent a 400D. Not bad. And so I, yeah, exactly. They said, sorry, we haven't got any left, have a 400D. So, and that served me well for sort of two or three years learning, kind of learning the craft. And I used to walk around London and shoot architecture in the local park and photograph squirrels when I could try and keep up with them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And it kind of, it just went from there, you know, it's, it's that, that feeling of when you start to sort of study photography and you, you take a photo and it's a good photo and you kind of know why it's a good photograph, a little light bulb comes on in your head and it's such a sort of buzz. You think, oh, wow, I kind of composed that myself and I made sure the light was good. And, and from that moment on, it's just really become an obsession and, what I love about it, it's a bit like the guitar. Like I say, I play guitar. You, it's it's going to be a never-ending journey, really, of learning. There's never going to be a point where you go, right, that's it. That's photography sewn up. What can they do next? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just that fascination, and and I love learning new things as well. 
So what was it originally? You said that you had a you had a buddy who, you know, had, was a sports photographer, had this really yeah. little lens, and then you kind of yeah. jumped into So then I went on eBay and I bought a camera. Was there anything about maybe seeing his photos or or something that sparked your your interest to buy a new camera? Yeah, it was kind of yeah, seeing his photos and also he he would bring his camera over when he came over just to show off, I think, really. <laughs> what his, a great like, friend. Put that, yeah, put the lens away, honestly. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but I had a little sort of go with his camera, and he had some macro filters that screwed on the front of the lens, and we were, I was taking close-up of some coins. And it was like, this is mental. Look how close we can get. And, and we just walked around, and that it was just that sort of fascination then of creating images. That kind of sort of kick-started for me, just that visit, really. Okay. And so I, I thought, it. I thought, I thought, how hard can it be photography? So that's when I bought the camera and realized how hard it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how long ago would you say that that was? That was probably just over ten years ago. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so it's been a while. Yeah. With a lot of photographers, when they first get into it, um, there's a difference between being asked to photograph a friend's wedding or to photograph, mm-hmm. um, you know, a family friend of yours and somebody who takes it to that next level, somebody who has yeah. a website, somebody who has to worry about marketing and workflows. Uh, can sure. you tell me a little bit about that transition for you of going from, hey, this is fun to I'm going to make a go at this and, and see see what I can do? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I remember the very first wedding I did, it was like you say, it was a an old school friend of mine was getting married and he said which i'm sure a lot of people out there can sort of relate to he said oh you got a nice camera can you photograph our wedding and i said yeah of course it'd be lovely you know nice venue put a shirt and tie on walk around take a few photos and it was with and i'm not kidding the hardest day's work i've ever done in my life it was i was absolutely crushed at the end of the day it would was, you say that it was just because of an experience or absolutely i mean i hadn't I, I mean, I would nowadays say to people, try and second shoot for someone, try and shadow someone who's been there, absolutely going through my experience. But I didn't. I jumped in and I kind of look back and they love the photos. And that's the bottom line. Thank God for that. But I kind of look back and cringe a little bit it was, <laughs> when the light started to drop. I was thinking, OK, I've never used a flash in my life. What do I do here? But through by hook or by crook, I got through it. And like I say, they were thrilled with the photograph. So. That was kind of the, I think their response and when they came back and said how much they love them, I kind of thought, actually, it might be quite nice just to sort of see if we can, I suppose I didn't kind of launch headlong into business then, but I I was confident enough at that point to try and sort of get some clients. So I took an advert out on Facebook and within a week had met a couple I'd never met before and yeah, they said, well, we know you're kind of new, we'd love to give you a chance, we'd love to hire you. And that was for about, I think I charged them about £2.48p or something like that. But, you know, it was, it was yeah, a real buzz to sort of receive money from someone for taking, taking their photo- uh, photographs, you know? Absolutely. So when you um, took out that ad on Facebook, was that, was that, I mean, the first time that you, you just went from, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to photograph my friend's wedding. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it was all right to, all right, we're going to get into, we're going to get into advertising. Uh, pretty much, actually, yeah. Wow. I kind of, yeah. I thought, well, because I mean, I've been kind of sort of working part time in IT for quite a while, and I've been trying to edge my way out of away from computers for as long as I can remember. So at that point, I thought, well, this is a great chance to sort of sort of move away. And like I say, I was confident enough in my work at that point, and I'd sort of I photographed a few portraits, and I kind of knew I was at the point I knew what I was doing. So I thought, yeah, let's just. And now I've done a wedding, I let's go for it. I was kind of confident that I could do it. And and their wedding was great. It was 100% better than the one before. And <laughs> yeah, uh, thank God. And yeah, away I went, really. So now you're at the point to where you are shooting more weddings. You feel confident shooting yeah. weddings. Yeah. Um, again, can you kind of... Can, can you kind of talk, I guess, more about that transition? So, like, when when did things become real for you? From like, oh, this isn't a hobby anymore. Like, I'm I'm really taking this serious. Was there any was there any defining moment? When was it that you thought, oh, like this is it? Um, yeah, good question. I think it was it was probably after that second wedding, and so you just jumped yeah, straight I, on in. <laughs> 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, looking back, it's pretty stupid, really. But (laughs) (laughs) But it worked um, out. Yeah, it did. It did work out. Yeah, I kind of sort of, yeah, jumped straight in. I thought, well, if people are going to start paying me to photograph weddings, I need insurance, which I got, obviously. And, yeah, it was was fairly sort of soon after that. And I started advertising and marketing. And like I say, I work in IT, so I set my own website up and started getting hits through that and inquiries through that and... I really want to get on with this now. I'm confident in my work. So, yeah, let's just go for it. After you had shot either the first wedding or the second wedding and you had decided, I'm going to make a go at this, what was Mm -hmm. your next step in terms of um, learning photography? Because obviously now looking at your website, you have – like. I think that I think that you have a, a look, right? Like I, I can look at your photos and say, like, these are Dan's. Um, and Great. one of the things that I like a lot is um, your use of off-camera flash and even um, like a slow shutter speed to get like nice, beautiful light trails. And these are more than yeah. just beginner photographer um, techniques. These are much more advanced. Yeah. So, what did you do to progress your knowledge in photography? Um, I basically. And I still do devour every book I can lay my hands on. I look at, I mean, it's, uh, you can sort of fall in the trap of comparing yourself to other people and going, oh, wow, I really love that technique. And then you start to follow that technique. And in the end, you end up looking like them. So I think it's important to dip into as many sources as you can. Um, and sort of, I mean, even walking along the street when I don't have a camera, I'll be looking around, I'll be looking at the light, how it's hitting buildings, how it's hitting people's faces. Oops, sorry, just in a glass fly. <laughs> um, steady. Um, you know, so it's, it's like I say, it's a constant learning curve. I mean, I learned a lot about Flash as well. A guy called Brett Harkness, you might have heard of him. A British photographer has a few DVDs out, which I bought. Um, I've done a few workshops as well. A guy called Damien Lovegrove, who's now... He's a Fuji ambassador. He goes around the world for Fuji, and they give him lots of lovely, expensive cameras. Very nice, too. Good work <laughs> if you can get it. Um, so, yeah, it's just devouring all the all the knowledge I can lay my eyes on, basically. And so, I think it's – and sorry, just to finish, I think it's important that, you know, especially at weddings where you're photographing portraits, you're photographing architecture, you're photographing different light from bright – full midday sun through to absolutely no light whatsoever at the end of the day so you need you need to be prepared you need to walk to a wedding and look at the light and go okay i know i'm going to get a great photo now and not stand there and go like i did when i started go oh my god where's the sun gone you know (laughs) what's happening Hey, Raymond here, and we will get back to today's show in just a moment. But first, if you shoot in auto mode and you let your camera make the decisions for which settings to use, well, then you will only ever take the same photo as everyone else who shoots in auto. That's like 99% of the world's population taking the same photo as you. Don't let that happen. Stand out. When you control your settings, you can create beautiful images. And to get you started, I invite you to download my free ebook, Perfect Camera Settings, over at perfectcamerasettings.com. There, you will see real photos that I've taken in different situations and the settings that I use to capture those photos. I'm also going to teach you how to know which setting is the most important to pay attention to and when to change them. So, again, download your free copy over at perfectcamerasettings.com now. All right, let's get back to today's interview. Well, if it makes you feel any better, for my first wedding, I was so um, wrapped up in just getting like the best image quality that I shot the entire right. day on ISO 100, and then wow. come the reception wow. time, <laughs> I shot home. it. <laughs> I, I shot almost the entire reception at a half a second exposure, and just oh man, it was a mess. It was a mess, <laughs> but uh, you know, you, you live and learn. So uh, absolutely, so. absolutely, yeah. I still, I still wake up in a cold sweat. Um, thinking about how I had an on-camera flash just fired directly into the bride's face <laughs> and blind, blinding her every 10 seconds. But she was, I think she'd had a couple of bottles of Prosecco by that point. So oh, yeah, okay, she's good. You know, yeah, she was good, yeah. Doesn't so that make a difference. So, that's right, absolutely. <laughs> so um, when it comes to other types of learning, because now obviously you're much more advanced, do you continue your 
education through like workshops or YouTube videos? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, magazines. I get um, a professional photographer magazine every month, and they have lighting workshops and marketing. Um, yeah, it's and also going out to shoot as well. I set some lights up in the living room and grab my wife and. She'll begrudgingly stand there, bless her, and sort of, <laughs> come on, get on with it, and I'll be firing away. And yeah, it's like I say, a constant learning curve, and just trying yeah, something new. Absolutely, books, magazines, looking at other people's work, DVDs, and and trying different styles of photography. I mean, I'm going away with some friends this weekend. We're doing some long exposures down by the coast, so I love long exposure photography. And again, that's a totally different thing. But the more you can learn how to use your camera and get different types of images the better it is you know yeah and obviously you've been able to work that into your wedding work um the one photo that i'm thinking of off the top of my head is uh, there's a couple and they're lit perfectly and it's nighttime Mm -hmm. and i believe that they're standing in front of is it big ben yes that's right yeah that that yeah that was a bit crazy that took about it was about 20 minutes to get that photo it was i think it was Quite early last year, so it was quite cold. I thought there'd be hardly anyone around. There's never hardly anyone around. <laughs> Any time of day or night, there are millions of people. So it was on Westminster Bridge, which is obviously opposite of the Houses of Parliament, so there were thousands of people roaming around. And yeah, I mean, I've seen a few photos like that, but I know a few of them I've seen are composites. So I didn't, I wanted to try and get all in one shot. I'll try and get all in one shot. And I knew if I dragged the shutter, there would be a little bit of movement in them, but if there was, I pop the flash on them to kind of at the end of the cycle, we should hopefully freeze them. So we experimented firing the flash at the beginning. I think the, I think the exposure was about five seconds. So, oh wow, very long. Yeah, so it was like don't move, kind of glued <laughs> them to the floor. Says, right, just stay there. So yeah, we tried firing the flash at the beginning. My assistant had it on a. A kind of a what's the sort of a like a light stand or that's it yeah on sort of a light light pole he was holding it up and so we tried different things but yeah at the end of the 20 minutes bang that was the shot and yeah it was all it was all in one shot and yeah i was very happy with that but it was worth 20 minutes of hypothermia to get it <laughs> what would you have done if it if it didn't work out well <sighs> would you have just moved think... on or would you have continued to to, to to just push through it to try to get it I would have moved on probably. I think the key is with those, that was kind of a pre-wedding shoot that I'd given away via a Facebook advert. It was kind of looking for people to add to my portfolio. So they hadn't paid for it, but that doesn't still doesn't, you know, to me, doesn't make a difference. I still want to get the best photo I can, but yeah, I would have, I would have kind of moved on. I mean, there are, I'm sure you're the same. You, you'll take a photo and the last thing you want to do is look down at the, the back of your camera and sort of pull a face and go oh my god <laughs> no you know, that, in that, fact that's exactly what i do i tell no, my right, couples okay, right maybe, away maybe like, we should start doing that yeah you know what actually uh i thought that was gonna work <laughs> and it didn't so we're just gonna move on and uh, yeah i think i might build a little bit of extra trust but uh that's yeah. that's a good point yeah I, oh i'll just say okay that's cool because i know the session's about an hour and a half and they'll probably forget about it anyway so kind of sort of move on but yeah that's that's another good approach actually just to sort of be honest with you so <laughs> the last thing i do is pull a face and go oh my word you guys look horrible right let's move on so yeah those are literally <laughs> the exact words that i said in my class <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, i'm gonna try it <laughs> do you remember uh your first paid shoot or the first time anybody actually gave you money to photograph them i do yes it was um couple called Lindsay and Dan who I'm still in touch with and yeah that was the after the first Facebook advert I ever ran and yeah I met them in a local cafe near to where they lived and yeah I was I was yeah shaking I was absolutely shaking my word this is kind of I can see a little the door has just opened slightly and I can see a glimpse through into the world of wedding photography you know and it was like these guys are, are gonna actually you know potentially pay me to photograph their wedding it's stressful enough photographing a wedding, but to be paid for it as well. It was like, oh my God. I mean, I had had experience. I was self-employed some years before that, building websites for people. So I had kind of experience of meeting clients and pitching to them, as it were. So, but yeah, that's indelibly burned onto my brain that day. But they were they were lovely. And from there, also, they've had two children since, and I've also photographed both their kids as well growing up. So it's been oh, a nice. Wow. It's been a fantastic relationship over a period of sort of three or four years. So that's a really nice sort of 
byproduct of weddings, really. Yeah, so my next question was going to be, how, how did it go? But obviously, if, if they've invited you back to photograph their kids, I'm assuming that the session went pretty well. Uh, yeah, it did. Yes, it did. I mean, it was the, I took an assistant with me just in case, and uh, a very good friend of mine, Matt, who's a very keen photographer, obviously. And yeah, I had him there as sort of someone to sort of shoulder to cry on now and again if anything <laughs> went wrong. But, but having another pair of eyes there, I would thoroughly recommend if you do photograph a wedding just having another set of eyes there because he made other suggestions of shots as well how about we put them here and that was he was incredibly helpful so so yeah it was a, it was a huge responsibility but yeah the, the buzz from from meeting them to them saying yes to doing the wedding to presenting the photos to them and then say oh my god we love these photos they're amazing the the whole process is just for me yeah a massive buzz absolutely Good, good. And you said that they found you through um, a Facebook ad that you ran. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So um, for your business yeah. today, how important do you think um, Facebook is and uh, more specifically Facebook ads? I know sort of the organic reach of Facebook, i.e. you post a photo to your followers. Let's say you have 500 followers. I know the kind of organic reach is dipped. So only sort of 10, 15 people might see it unless... You tag them in that photograph, and then their timeline and friends will see it. And it can go a little bit more viral in quotes kind of thing. For sort of keeping a presence, I don't always necessarily hope to generate business just by posting photos on Facebook. But I think it shows, A, you're still alive, and B, you're still you're still photographing weddings. And it's not just about, me, 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 look at me, I can shoot weddings, look. Because I think it gets a little bit, we get enough of that in this uh, commercial world that we live in there are so many companies screaming at us to buy their products i some i do free sort of pre-wedding sessions once every few months because a good thing on facebook you can really sort of target specific demographics so and one of those is newly engaged for three months so every kind of three months i'll target people who are newly engaged and hopefully it will expose my work to a new set of people and I meet them. I've got one this Sunday coming up, actually. And we'll have an hour and a half, and I'll take some photos. And then it's from that point, it's about sort of building the relationship with them. And if they choose me, wonderful. Some do, some don't, you know. But it's running that advert and offering them the shoot raises awareness of me to other people who wouldn't know I was there, you know. So Absolutely, for sure. In the long run, it can only be a good thing because somewhere down the line, they might say, actually, they, maybe their photographer wasn't so great. They might say, actually, we... This guy's on Facebook. Check him out. We really like his work. So, I've actually had that know. happen to me before. Is is oh, a couple wow. has had a wedding photographer who, actually, I shot the couple's engagement photos. They already had right. a wedding photographer, but the wedding photographer oh, was right. in another state. So, right. come time for their wedding, obviously the other photographer shot it. They weren't happy with their wedding photos. So ah. afterwards, they had a friend who got engaged and they referred them to me, which was incredible. And it's, Fantastic. like I said, it's all about building relationships and uh, trying to get your foot in the door, I suppose. So you never know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a, without sounding existential or philosophical, I'm a, a, I'm a believer in karma. I believe what you put out into the world, not for sort of self-gain, but I believe if you put goodness out into the world and try and help people, then people try and help you, and it uh, makes the world a much nicer place to live. Like I say, not There's wishing to sound like that. Being... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely, not wishing to sound like a hippie, and I haven't been smoking anything. But yeah, I'll just say that. <laughs> so um, I remember that when I first started off, um, I like every other photographer, and we've already kind of talked about this. Is I focused 100% of my attention on, you know photography tutorials how can i you know get this shot how can i pose yep. people this way how can i mm -hmm. use a slow shutter and it's all youtube it's every photography blog that i could find and yep. when i finally decided to make a go at really trying to, to to take this full time or trying to make this successful i realized all of my time i had wasted because photographing or photography is so little of actually running any sort of successful photography business. Um, yeah. What would you suggest beginners focus on more of rather than just photography tutorials? There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. 
And that's just more money to invest in essential gear, like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices. And you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. Um, but wow, what you, I suppose it kind of depends where they want to go with their photography. I think if you're just doing it for a hobby and you love photography, I think just getting out there yeah tutorials like you say are great but take that knowledge and then just go and shoot and go and mess up go and make mistakes I mean for every great wonderful photo I take there are probably 10 that really the world will never see you know but not you know it's just I'll I'll go out it's a bit I remember reading I think Ansel Adams one of his quotes it might be true it might be one of his internet quotes I don't know but he said if he you know like so but he said if out of a year of taking photographs if he had 10 keepers he was over the moon with that and it's kind of you know it that that's what happens especially when you're sort of starting out just don't just shoot rapid fire but think about what you're doing but yeah look on youtube read books but then just go and do it that's great because i mean when i when i learned flash i was i was like i say my wife b bless her she would stand there and i would fired a full power into her face about an inch away <laughs> and she'd be like, ah, blown out and I'm going get a sunburn <laughs> and that's right exactly sort of she's seeing stars in front of her eyes for about a week but you just yeah just get out there and do it and mess messing up and making mistakes is the best way to learn not at a wedding necessarily make sure you're at a point where you're comfortable <laughs> and you know what you're doing before you get to the wedding but yeah just get out there and shoot and look at your mistakes and go okay well that didn't work why didn't that work let's look at it let's think about it the why and then on the flip exactly and look at the photographs that are beautifully lit and do work and say okay why is that a good photo and just learn and just think about it you know super important yeah the why yeah. like you said that is yeah. that's one thing that a lot of people they just look past or because everything that we see on Facebook is everybody's wins everybody's top portfolio photos so exactly that Ansel Adams quote really really even resonates with me because uh, I, I look at a lot of other photographers work and um, there's moments where I'm just like man, what am I doing <laughs> like man I'm yeah, in no, the wrong here. No, absolutely I'm in the absolutely. wrong I should not be here <laughs> everybody else is so much better than me but yeah no. if I could get 10 in great photos a year that is uh that that's a great quote i'm gonna have to look into that one just to make sure that it's true you know what? no even <laughs> yeah, if it's exactly. not it's still a great quote <laughs> i may have dreamt it or made it up but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's true regardless it was brilliant so <laughs> thank you <laughs> um one of the things um here in the u.s is that um everything that i hear about weddings in the uk is that they're slightly different right whenever i see uk uh-huh. photographers the photos are much um they have a heavier emphasis on um they're more moody they're a lot of times they're much more black and white and um sure. i guess when i say that i'm just comparing it to u.s photos right uh-huh. photos here in the u.s brides love the very bright and very airy kind of dreamlike um photos yeah. Um, are there any other sorts of differences between weddings uh, in the UK that you know of here in the US? Um, to be honest, not really. I know what you say about the airy look. I know kind of the Mastin Labs film yep. look. It's very sort of not. It's not just we're slightly desaturated and it has that light kind of yeah look to it. I think in the UK we're kind of lucky with the weather that we can get moody skies. So you can underexpose them a little bit, pop a little bit of flash, and boom, this this sort of glorious sky behind them, you know. So, but as far as sort of business, I'm not not entirely sure, really. Or I would actually just say, like, even even the wedding day, maybe. Is there anything okay. that, that you would think uh, would be different in the UK versus the US? Um, again, not not entirely sure to be honest with you. Because um, you haven't shot any weddings here in the US. <laughs> no, I mean if yeah, you know you need a you need an assistant, Raymond. Just you know, <laughs> I'll see you next week. I'll be there. Absolutely, <laughs> you got it. You yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things where it's like um, 
I, I just have no idea, right? I've never shot a wedding in the UK, but it seems sure. like every time I hear from a UK photographer, there's, there, you know, they're like, oh, and now it's time for the breakfast. And you're like, breakfast? Like, well, what time well, the is, bre- like, is that a normal thing? Is, is that? It's four in the afternoon. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted to <laughs> yeah. make sure that not the whole party was getting together for breakfast and then you had like a 16 <laughs> yeah. hour long day because that would be incredible. It feels but... like it sometimes, but yeah, no, it's not. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to ask you if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing about photography, what would it be? But I really mm-hmm. think that your answer of like, just go out there, try, be happy to yeah. fail, um, you yeah. know, and, and just if you get 10 great photos a year, then then that's a great year for you. I think that that's that's great right there. Exactly. I mean, at, at each sort of wedding I photograph, I want to give them I aim for sort of around 300 photographs. I know some people give a thousand, some people give 50, but I know I'll have around 300 very good photographs. But out of those, if there's one that makes people go, wow, that's that's like that's not just very good. That's fabulous. Then. I'll always try and go for sort of, yeah, one in each wedding that couples will just, I mean, a couples generally are very thrilled with their wedding photographs anyway, because up until, up until the point you present them to them, they've seen pictures that their friends have taken on their phone, which are dimly lit, grainy, mm-hmm. which are great because they capture the moment and, you know, but when they see yours, hopefully that'll be more of a thrill for them. But I think, yeah, if I could tell sort of, yeah my younger self is just take your time and the temptation with digital is to hold that shutter down and just ah, just shoot everything but (laughs) just i wouldn't necessarily say shoot film i do occasionally very occasionally shoot film but just take a photo and then look at it and think about it and say okay does this work does it not work and don't and it's the hardest thing to be objective about your own work but I like to think I'm at a stage where I've learned to be objective about my own work. So I can sit there and go, actually, you know what? A, do I think it's a good photo? B, will the client think it's a good photo? That's important as well. It's finding that I might not think it's a great photo technically, but the client might love it. So is it a keeper? You know, and that's another kind of skill to learn as well. But So you said there that uh, at a typical wedding, you try to deliver about 300 photos or so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how long sure. would you say the the average wedding is? On average, I would say it's around twelve hours. Oh wow! Around from yeah, I mean, I did one last year, Holly and Rich, uh, in southeast London, and I arrived at eight o'clock in the morning for the bridal party, getting ready. My assistant went to see the groom and his party, and I was there until about ten o'clock until sort of the first dance, and oh, it all kicked God. off. So I kind of run on adrenaline, and then when I walk through the front door at home, I'll just fall face first on the carpet <laughs> and sort of stay there for 10 hours. Um, but you would say 12 so, hours is the average length uh, that I you're photographing a wedding? I mean, it kind of depends. I mean, I have a couple this year coming up that don't start to sort of 2 o'clock. So I think the one ceremony coming up is quarter to 3. So that'll be sort of 7, 8 hours. I like to stay... After the first dance, when people are on the dance floor, you can get some fantastic photographs when everyone's had a few glasses of wine and they're relaxed. They don't mind some weirdo with a camera following them around, <laughs> you know, so they're drunk enough not to care at that point. So, so yeah, I would say it's around 10 to 12 hours. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I would say for me, at least it's, uh, it's much closer to eight. It's, okay. Uh, it's, which makes it nice, especially for local weddings. Cause you know, you yeah. can. That, that's that's technically like a full work day, right? If you were to go to a day job, that's eight yeah. hours. That'd be it. You'd come Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Every once in a while, you get you get a nice long wedding, but man, those those yeah. twelve plus hour weddings are just brutal. Yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, I did my first back to back wedding last year. Oh no! I know, I know, I know a guy. I assisted him, a guy called Dan Morris, who's another brilliant wedding photographer. Um, he's done three on the bounce as well. How? I mean. Like one twelve-hour day Friday, twelve-hour day Saturday, twelve-hour day yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, nope. it was a, yeah, no, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I mean that's brutal. That Mm-mm. is the halfway through at the beginning of the second one. I was okay, had a good night's sleep, adrenaline was pumping. Halfway through the second one, I hadn't eaten anything, and the venue luckily were preparing me some food, but it was about half past three. And I was ready to hit the deck at that point. Oh. It was like I'm going. It was like, oh my god, I'm struggling now. But luckily, they brought some steak out and potatoes and veg, and it was like, bing, off we went again, <laughs> like a wind up, a wind up toy. I was off, you know. So, 
So any more than two, I think, is, yeah. And they were both around kind of 10 hours as well. So I wouldn't even do that. I'll tell you the truth. If, if I had like a yeah. Saturday wedding and somebody asked me to do a Sunday wedding, I would have to immediately contact the first bride and be like, hey, what time is this thing <laughs> ending? Because if it's like 10 o'clock, maybe I'll think about that Sunday wedding. But if it's any later exactly. than that, I'm, I'm going to have to pass on it. So I don't blame cheers to you. Ugh. And especially in London, I mean, getting across London... Oh yeah, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. So you're getting like city, you know. thirty minutes of sleep before you got to get to that next wedding. No thank you. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> right. I know. It's. it's... Uh, <laughs> what would you say is the favorite piece of gear in in your bag, and why? Favorite piece of gear. Wow. Let's have a think. I think it would have to be my. Uh, I've got the Sigma 35 mm art lens. Okay. Yeah. A great lens. Years ago. And 80% of weddings, I actually use that lens. It's either a 35 or an 85 I'll use. I did have the Canon 135 F2, which was a thing of beauty, but I rarely used it. I rarely used it, to be honest. But, I mean, I don't like, I try and get everything in camera. If I have to crop a little bit with the 85, so be it. But I've kind of moved away. When I started photographing weddings, I would get individual sort of portrait shots of everyone in the audience. But I kind of have gone wider as the years have gone by because it, it just tells the story better. It gives you more context and it just tells that story of what's going on, you know. And then when obviously the bride and groom are close, the 35 is great, they fit in and it still tells the story of the surroundings they're in. Whereas if you hit someone with the 135, it's sort of looking up their nostrils and it's not, <laughs> you know, I mean, like I say, for a portrait lens, unbelievable. But yeah, either a 35 or if I'm taking some sort of portrait of the couple, the 85 and that's, yeah, that's me kind of sorted, really. I love it. I think that's very much, um, they are both very comfortable focal lengths, right? Yeah. It's wide enough to where, you know, you get the idea of what's going on without thinking, whoa, like something's different about this photo. And then the 85 exactly. is, is very much, if you were to just focus on one person, just staring at them, um, yeah. it, it just seems very natural. So I, 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 too, I actually shoot. I shoot Fujis, and all I have is the 35 and the 85. When I sold, when I switched nice. from Canon to Fuji, I sold the 24, the 70 to 200, the you know 24. Yeah. I, I sold all, uh, including the 135. Which you're right, it, that was the only thing that was keeping me so long with Canon. Uh, right. How much yeah. I love that awesome that lens. lens. But, awesome lens. Well, so what? Just ask you a quick question. So, what Fujis are you shooting with at the moment? What? Just the X Pro twos. I. All uh, uh, right. I just really like that rangefinder feel. You know what I mean? I like I yeah, like the yeah. ability to just um, look through the uh, the glass and see yep. a little bit wider. Because when I'm shooting with the 85 and you're looking through it, you have a much wider view, and then you can kind of see sure. what's going around or what's going on around you, which can be great. Um, you know, if, if mom's over in the corner, kind of you know, like having this big old smile, I can quickly look over there and photograph that. It's it's Fantastic. it's been a blast, and 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 I wouldn't switch back to Canon. Um, I still have Canon cameras, but just for video work uh, that I do personally. But I, I, I've been loving the Fuji system ever since I switched. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I've been the, I keep flicking through my photography magazines and there are adverts for the X-T2 and it keeps winking at me saying, move, come, yeah. come, to, the, come to the Fuji side. So, well, I, yeah. <laughs> I had Maybe the X-T1 soon. and okay. actually I, I, uh, my first Fuji camera was the original X100T and I was like, I'll just get this for like travel and stuff. And yeah. I think the first photo that I took with it, I had this thought that was like, I'm going to shoot weddings on this. Like, this is, this is brilliant. <laughs> I love this so much. And then within the year, I had everything sold. Um, I switched to the X-T1s, and I liked them a lot. But I, I really liked um, to be able to um, just look through the optical viewfinder, uh, which yeah. I did with, uh, with the X100 series, uh, so that when the X-Pro2 yeah. came out, I, I switched immediately. Fantastic. I'm sorely tempted. I may have to have a chat to the bank manager tomorrow. <laughs> well, you can probably <laughs> use the X-T1 for uh, like $300. I, I don't uh, – 150 pounds, okay. I guess, maybe. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the Fuji groups that I'm on and Facebook are all based in the UK, and it's, it's almost impossible to get anything over here used, um, which is unfortunate. Sure. But it seems like there's a whole lot more over there, so might be something Excellent. to look into. Absolutely. I'll keep you posted. Oh, <laughs> I'm damn. excited. I'm excited. Uh, I'm tempted. I'll have to go and hide my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it in a safe. That's so, right. Uh, Dan, I really want to be mindful of your time, so can you let everybody uh, – can you let all of the listeners know where they can find your work online? so that they can follow you 
Absolutely sure. Um, thank you for listening, guys, first of all. It's, and thank you, Raymond, for asking me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Fantastic. Um, yeah, if you go to www.danbiggins.com, that's my main website. Uh, Facebook is Dan Biggins Photography. Uh, Twitter is at Dan B Photography. And Instagram, if I can remember off the top of my head, I think. Let me just check, guys. Sorry. Let me just lean over here. I think, again, it's Dan Biggins Photography on Instagram. So, yeah, come and say hello. Uh, any questions? Yeah, I'll be more than happy to answer them. Man. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I will be sure to yeah, link to all of your social channels in the show notes, as Thank well you. as we just started a brand new um, Facebook group for listeners to ah. come join. Um, I'd love to add you to the group. And if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you there. Is, does that work? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Absolutely. Fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, and I hope to see uh, you explore this new Fuji adventure. <laughs> oh, my word. What have I done? <laughs> thank you, Raymond. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. All right, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. Dan, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you did. I know that you said that you were a little nervous before the episode, but really, you killed it. There was a lot of great takeaways for the listeners. And to the listeners, let me know what your takeaways were. Like Dan said, he's going to be in the new Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group. And if you have any questions for him, I would love for you to come over, join the group, and you can ask him anything and everything that you might um, have questions about really. So if you want to join the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group, all you got to do is head over to our Facebook page at Beginner Photography Podcast and shoot me a message. Just let me know, hey Raymond, uh, I you know I heard Dan on the podcast. I would really love to join the Facebook group, and it's been it's been growing. There have been members in there asking questions. It's a great place to uh, bounce ideas off of everybody and just get more input. And like I said, and like you can do with Dan is interact with past guests and uh, you know learn a little bit more, ask those questions that maybe I didn't that I didn't think about that could pertain more to you. It's a great place. I would really love for you to come over and join. So again, just head over to our Facebook page and send me a message. Let me know that you want to join and I'll send you the link right away. All right, guys, that's all that we got for today. Excellent episode. I'm super excited to hear what you guys thought. And until next week, I want you to get out there, keep shooting, just have fun. All right. Keep trying like Dan said. All right. Later. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast. Be sure to join the conversations on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want any links or resources we talked about in today's episode, check out the show notes at beginnerphotographypodcast.com. See you again next week.